The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have my boy in the place to be, J.O., here as well, breaking down the classics as we always do. I appreciate everybody here for joining us within the sound of our voices. Hope everybody is doing okay as we head into the holiday seasons and get closer and closer to Christmas. Hope that y'all who celebrate Christmas and all the other religious holidays during this time are doing well and that your family is safe and healthy as well. Of course, as we said earlier this week, or as you heard on Raw Sex Podcast, for those who are following both The Vault and Raw Sex, we have a brand new website. Debuting this past week was vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Very excited to see this website go up. We want to be able to give you guys the content in one central space. The link tree was cool, but we need to be able to brand something for this podcast and make a central home for the podcast for everybody to follow. So please make sure you go check out vaultclassicpod.com. A lot of different things you can do on there, including checking out all the pods, getting all the streaming sources there as well, or all our social media links. And one other thing I'll tell you about, leaving us a voicemail message. We'll get to that towards the end of the show and how you, the fans, can interact with us directly and send us a message as far as what your thoughts on in the show or just dropping us and showing us some love anyway. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics. And Jay, this year we've had quite the bit of run on albums from the great year of 1996, uh, Mm. the phenomenon of year that is called 1996. And this album this week is actually the final album for this year that we're reviewing from 1996. And if we were going to go out on an album that was going to be the last one, it had to be a damn good one. So (laughs) in closing up this great year in 1996 is an album that I'm very excited and very, very happy to review today because of what it meant to me. And because there are a lot of albums that came out there during this year, and we'll have our top 10 at the end of this year for 1996. And so many of them, I can say that I loved and had an impact on me. But as this year rounded out, there were very few albums in 96 that had as big as an impact on me and not just me listening, but then also eventually me as an artist and a producer is how much I loved it. So we're actually going to get right into it. And we're going to go to the third studio album by none other than Redman, a.k.a. Reggie Noble, a.k.a. Funk Dr. Spot. That album is called Muddy Waters, released on December 10th, 1996 on Def Jam. Recorded between 95 and 96 with a runtime of 67 minutes and two seconds. The producers on here, Eric Sermon, who also executive produced, he also produced a good number of the tracks on here. Redman produced a bunch of tracks on here as well, along with Eric Sermon, Rottweiler, Praz, Jerry Wonder, and also Ty Fife. 
Those are all the producers here, executive producers, associate producers who produced this album, Muddy Waters, of 23 tracks, actually, Jay, including the skits on here. So a lot of tracks on here, runtime of uh, over an hour, but very entertaining. Now, <laughs> three singles from Muddy Waters. It's like that, released late in 1996. <laughs> the very popular Whatever Man, which came out in January of 97, and then Pick It Up, which came out in the spring of 1997 now <laughs> this is red man's third album jay and it followed up uh, there is a dark side which came out in 1994 and one of the interesting things that i read about red man and evaluating his catalog over the years he said that actually there is a dark side was his least favorite album to listen to out of all of his albums and the reason saying the reason why he said that is because that album, he was actually said he was in a dark place. He was feeling bad. He was using all types of drugs. That album only had five tracks produced by Eric Sermon. You know, he was in a bad place. He said, even now, like he said, he had people come up to him and be like, yo, I love Dare is a Dark Side. It's a great album. He said he's probably only listened to it maybe once or twice since it came out because of the place of where he was. So understandably, he was in a better place during Muddy Waters. He was in a better place. And as I like to say, he was in peak form during this album. And we'll get a little bit more into that as we get into reviewing the album. But Muddy Waters, Jay, this was the last big album, I would say, of 1996 after a glorious, glorious year. Uh, Redman deciding to release this album right when I believe like Death Squad was really starting to hit their stride. You had 1995, Eric Sermon released Double or Nothing. You also had the Def Jam compilation run by Death Squad that was released by Eric Sermon. In 96, Keith Murray also released Enigma, and then Redman follows up and comes out with Muddy Waters. And then, mind you, he'd also had collaborations with Method Man, with Tupac, and was starting around in form, also doing a feature with Buster Rhymes on his debut album in 1996. So he was very, very busy, but he was in a great place as an MC, I would say, during this time. So we'll stop now and go ahead and get your reaction on this album and when it first came out, what you thought about it, and then what you thought in the 25 years since it's come out. Yeah, man. So like, uh, you know, it's the great Muddy Waters. Like, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking about it back then. Like, being in high school, listening to it, and just being thoroughly like impressed, blown away, however you want to call it. And mm -hmm. then, and it's funny. Like with this train, it's still in my rotation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I mean, it's just one of those. I mean, I would almost, and I don't know if it's any coincidence. Like, you know, as far as like being weed enthusiast, with it, I put it in the same category. Say like the Chronic. Mm. You know what I mean? As far as like just like aging well, like you can still blast the chronic today and like yeah, you know what I'm saying still just as fresh as ever. So I feel the same way about Muddy Waters. Right. I don't want to say it's like forgotten, but like I mean, it's it, I think it's like kind of one of those ones people need to revisit, like the, like to revisit the greatness of it. Yeah. Like you know, it's like I mean, people will bring up like they'll bring up like Mob Deep or Machiavelli or other drinks from '96. I don't really think Muddy Waters gets its just due in that conversation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think when we talk about the best albums from 96, I don't think a lot of people bring this up. I think we're all blown away by the shine and the allure. So everyone will, mm. will talk about the All Eyes on Me. They'll talk about the score. They'll talk about the uh, Mob Deep's Hell on Earth. They'll talk about the Outcast AT Aliens. You know, all these different albums that came out in 96. There was plenty of stuff. It was written. Right, stakes it, was written. Is, it was written. Stakes is high. I mm. mean, we could run down the list of all the albums in 96 that came out that made an impact. But this one was sort of on the tail end of the year. It was almost as like if you weren't paying attention after this head rush of all these like act damn near classics and classic albums that came through that you almost would have forgotten about this by the time the year was wrapping up, you know? So 
I have to agree with you there. Listening to this, and I was in the ninth grade, and I got this, I want to say, not even when it came out, but probably right around the time when Whatever Man came out. So I went and copped the album right around that time, somewhere in January, February of 97. It was, let me tell you something. This album, I was so blown away by how, because I listened to Dare the Dark Side, so listening and hearing Red Man say that, he was on a lot of drugs and he was in a dark place during that time. And then listening to this, I can see the difference and you can hear the difference between that album and this album. And like I said, during this particular time, I'll even go out here and say it. Now there are many people and rappers in their careers that can hardly have the pleasure of saying that they rapped at the same level of Reggie that Reggie Noble was rapping at during muddy waters. I'll go out there and say that right now. Mm. I mean, this is like, and Red's always been one of the best MCs out there. I mean, it's not something that even I would say in history, the hip hop heads will always recognize how dope Rep Man has been. And he's one of the best MCs, but the rapping ability on this, like we talked a, a few weeks ago about prodigy and how he was on hell on earth. This is almost damn near this, like the same type of level that Rep Man was on, on this one. Like, the I mean, the bars on here were crazy. Like, his references on here were crazy. It's just the ease in which he spit so many of these rhymes, he felt like he was completely at ease. And then you back that up by the production that was done on here. Like, that's the thing, I think, what really got me into wanting to producing. This is probably one of the albums that made me want to go out and produce because it was like being able to hear how some of these samples got flipped. Like, those vocal samples, like the, the girl vocal sample on Whatever Man, like mm. the Al Green sample from the beginning of Love and Happiness done on on, on, on Fire. I mean, those, like, those are the type of things that really, like, get you, like, get raises your intrigue as a music head. And... Musically and production-wise, it was great. And then the the skits, yeah, people will say there was too many skits on here, but the skits are funny as hell. And I mean, it's yeah, Red totally Man, though. I disagree with that sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I totally disagree with that. Yeah, but the skits on here are funny as hell, and it's Red Man. So you know you're going to get a little bit of, of comedy on here because of the way that he is. That's part of the reason why so many of us that love him love him. And the guest spots on here... I mean, look, Eric Sermon, Method Man, of course, the great drop-off by K-Solo. And then, to me, this album, we'll get into the highlights, has one of the best closing tracks of a hip-hop on a hip-hop album that I've heard with the ill-out featuring Keith Murray and Jamal. I mean, this this album has everything. It has comedy. It has straight-fire bars. It has um, lyrics and things that will make you laugh and make you nod your head. And, I mean, crazy, man. I played this so much. And this was one of the ones that I actually kept, not just in my Walkman, but in my Discman. And I used to play it so much that, like, I wouldn't play it out loud in the crib. This is one of those albums I used to mess around and put the headphones on and listen to it in the headphones in the crib because I wasn't playing that out loud. Because last thing I needed is for me to be in my room and my mother to hear, ha-ha, where was I? Oh, yeah, sipping on Cristal with fingers up your bitch dress. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need that. Not gone over well. Nah, exactly, man. So this thing has everything, and like, to, like for real, Redman to the level that he was rapping at on this was a level that very few MCs actually achieve, and it, that's what to me I think makes this album so good. The fact that on hip hop Twitter, as I like to call it, people will go back and reference this album, and I'll see the feelings that they feel and the things that they the things that they remember when listening to this album, especially around the time when it came out. And in the years since then, 
that validates it to me as one of the best works to have come out, especially in 96, but then like probably since then. And it's a level that I think Redman reached at a time when the industry was at, I would say, at an all-time level. Like, you got these peaks, like, you know, 1988, 1993, 94, 95 through 96, you know, into 98. This is like one of those high points and high watermarks in the industry in 96. And he was right there with his level right there close to the top of the game. So now we're going to get to highlights and get to your highlights, Jay. Let me know what it is. Your highlights are any lowlights if you have them. Highlights, I mean, there's so many on this joint. Mm. Um, I guess I'll start off strong saying, like, do what you feel. Because mm. I, I, mean, I didn't know Pros produce, produce records like that, too. Yeah, right. So, and plus, you know, it said it was another collab of, like, Red and Meth. And that was, like, still, we still, like, it was still riding high for, like, you know, how high. How for how high, yes, exactly. So, like, this this almost like a, like, like, like a, um, it's like a metal, like a cool down from that period. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, we left y'all at the high road. Okay, we're going to bring this in, this, like, the cement that whole circle as far as like you know us like our collabs and of course it led to them collaborating on albums and everything like that but it just yeah. showed they still had that momentum so yeah i just thought i just thought they really came together really well um of course pick it up yeah um, <laughs> it's like that my big brother you know joining with him and k solo yeah and my joint like probably like one of the most fire beats and like really had me it really had me really reconsidering like, like eric sermon's like being in my top five as producer the bump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that shit is just a whole vibe, yes. dude. Like Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so even if you don't blaze up, like like just wait it's like it just it's just so sonically pleasing to the ear. Like mm-hmm. yes. um, along with that, I mean I gotta I mean going back to what I said about disagreeing with like there being too many skits on the album, the skits were hilarious. Yes. And I'll tell you to this day, NIN is like one of the funniest skits I've ever heard. Like, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like even earlier, like you know, funny. Even earlier, I was I was I was listening to the joint like before we started this joint, he was when he was like, Hey, hey buddy, you, you, know, buy, you gonna buy some drugs? drugs? Yeah, man, get the fuck you need to finish this damn since we started busting yeah. off at him. <laughs> This is the line of one of the most like, most illest drug dealers out of Newark. I <laughs> said <laughs> like they was stolen, like yeah, man. But I mean, Newark did have that reputation back then. It did, man. The bricks. <laughs> uh, oh, just thought about it. Um, smoke Buddha. Mm. Uh, of course, whatever, man. Like, dang, it's just so many. But I, I'll go ahead and stop right there. I don't want to say yeah. yours, but like, yeah, it's just so many bangers on here. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> The highlights on here, bruh. Like, I think just even from the beginning of the album, like taking the intro out of it, just starting as mm-hmm. off of Is He For Real? It's, it's like, I mean, even that, taking that, that vocal sample, like I said, this is one of the great things about uh, Eric Sermon, what he does. Taking that mm-hmm. vocal sample, the one from Le Fla Le Flo Escoska from yeah, Rockless yeah, yeah, Monster, Rock. Is He For Real? It can't be. I mean, it's just <laughs> like just the genius of Eric Sermon to be able to integrate that into a beat. And then also them taking the sample from the root section on this as well. Like, it was like, yo, that joint just came out like two months ago. They must have just did this right. shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, but starting, man, from Izzy For Real into Rock The Spot. First of all, Rock The Spot is another one. It's just like, my goodness, like, yo, like Eric Sermon. That's a conversation. Let's stop right there for a quick second. We need to have a conversation. The reason why Eric Sermon is not included more in the top five and top 10 producers of all time. Why is that not a conversation that, that has had not nearly enough? I mean, let's not even talk about just his EPMD work, (laughs) which puts him in the hall of fame just for his EPMD work, just alone. 
But then once we get into what he did for Keith Murray and for Redman and for himself and for nameless other artists he produced for outside of that circle, man, um, just, just, but just great. But then when you get into like the, into the welcome with WFDS, we're from the dark side radio. And to me, one of the most underrated tracks on here that I think is probably one of the, for me, one of the top three hardest tracks on here as far as how hard it goes is case closed featuring crossbreed. I mean, my goodness, that was produced by Rottweiler. And it was like, yo, that beat, first of all, is so hard. It just literally makes me want to go out and rob a motherfucker. Like, seriously, <laughs> with some Tim's on and a hoodie and a, and a ski mask on and shit. That beat is so fucking hard. Like you said, gotta love, pick it up. That's just another point of Rock Eric Sermon and that funk influence. You know, I mean, it, 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 and Reggie with his bars on there, just ridiculous. On fire. Another one by Eric Sermon. That that vocal sample in the beginning that you take from the beginning of Al Green's Love and Happiness, that mm, like, oh, <laughs> like, just, and then, like, uh, I got a notable quotable, actually, spoiler alert, from that particular song, from one verse in particular. That's just one of the ones that I have on here. Uh, great track, of course, with Meth and Red. Um, another underrated track on here is Creepin'. <laughs> yeah. And then that beat, like doom, 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 doo doo, like oh, like, it, it feels grimy. It feels <laughs> yes. Newark, like it feels like Newark, exactly. Like Redman said on a mixtape, say it feels like South Orange Ave. That's what it feels like. <sighs> the bump, I mean, goodness, yeah, that's just a like you said. Just go ahead if you won't even smoke. Like you could sit there and literally just roll something up and just sit back and smoke. The Superman Lover Joint. Well, first of all, one the interview skit. It's just yeah. something that's just like, oh, for real. And it's just like, yo, like, there's just these things we talked about, like, yo, these damn oral sex skits in the 90s. Like, niggas used to love to put oral sex skits on their CDs. Like, it's everybody from Biggie to uh, the Red Man to, it's like, yo, that was like a thing back then. But then the actual. Sure Dory had some. Yeah, exactly. Once right. He's talking about getting head in his raps. Yes, I, I, exactly. Yeah, like he did on um, his first drink. Yeah, Nori, Nori. That, true. that was like Nori's one of his favorite bar lines, getting head in the whip. You know what I'm saying? So, thugged out. Thugged out. Like, <laughs> I think he said head on drink. What somebody? he said nigga? Exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> but the Superman Lover song itself, though, um, just mm-hmm. like how that first started with the first sample. In the first half of the song, and then it breaks down into that funkier joint and right. talks about the whole thing. And then that really starts, you know, that whole Superman Lover uh, series into which continued into Jane on yeah. the last EPMD album, or at least the one, their comeback album, which was back in business in 1997, which Parrish Smith continued the story from that one. So I thought that was real clever. Um, Damn, Jane get around, man. Do, don't she? <laughs> <laughs> Shut the first Roland, shit. exactly right. <laughs> um, Roland was cool, but I mean, to me, like I said, one of the best closing tracks on a hip hop album, the Ill Out with Keith Murray, Jamal, and Rap Man, just going after it. Three and a half minutes of pure fire from all three of them, and there was no no hook, no nothing like that. Let's just we gonna open this joint up with an ill ass beat, of course, as well to go ahead and go out. Red bat and lead off. Keith Murray comes in there. He's back. And then Jamal closes everything out like, yo, this is it. And that was the perfect way for me to close this album out. But those are just some of my highlights. Like I said, the underrated tracks on here to me, I think, which are great, is Case Closed, Creepin', and then, of course, even the Yes, Yes, Y'all. So it's like, yeah. And then the skits on here, I'm like, come on, how do you not? 
fuck with niggas in Newark. I mean, right. you know, how do you not fuck with the chicken head convention skit, which to me was one of the funniest joints on there. Cause it was like, you hear the girls talking in the background. You actually hear chickens clucking and shit Chick- in the background. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Red man is a fool, man. And then uncle Quilly. And, and I mean like, yo, you, you, that's crazy, man. That's the thing about Red Man. He's going to give you some shit that's going to make you laugh. And if nothing else, you're going to remember them damn skits. Like, you can remember every single one of these skits. And it's been 25 years afterward. You remember them shits, like, almost like it was yesterday. But still, top-level MCing on here. The guest spots on here, crazy. Red Man's bars on here, crazy. No low lights whatsoever. I mean, you could literally. This is an album, like we like to say, you sit there and press play. And as you press play, you let this thing ride out, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, great work on here though by Proz and Jerry Bass on Do What You Feel and of course uh, Rottweiler I mean <laughs> Rottweiler had two bangers on here with case closed and what do y'all look what you looking for so yeah man Um, really good use of the vocal samples on here like I mentioned again I can't overstate that just a little the very like you know slight vocal samples you hear that are put that are in these songs and it's just like where did that shit come from and you go back listening to the artist who it came from to try to see if you can get that shit. And, you know, look in the liner notes to see exactly what they sampled and what it contains a, a sample of. So so now we're going to get into the fun part. Notable quotables. So, Jay, let me know what you got, man, as far as notable quotables for this joint. Yeah, like, and like we reiterated so many times, there's so many, but yeah, I got to start off with, um, it's like that, my big brother. Okay. And it's like the, the last... Like the last few bars are joined by Red Man, like, mm-hmm. and before I said, like, I'm I'm looking at this from like a battle rapper's perspective too. So like, he yeah. was like, "Come closer while I lock it down like I'm supposed to." You better me, you won, you might have, but then you woke oh, up. My turbulence make peanut butter choke up. Call me the Brick City stock cockbroker. Y'all niggas is fools playing with hood moves. You couldn't total my total my if I sung, I missed you, dismissed you, yeah, I fixed you. Let, this you dismiss you, yeah, I fixed you. Let your girl suck on the, the shit, shit that, that I pissed, I pissed through. through. <laughs> let me tell you, like, I gotta say this, like, if you in a cipher, somebody comes to you on some battleship with that, like, oh yeah, it's done. I'm yeah. not an instigate type person. I'm gonna have that look in my my face, like, you better get this motherfucker. You better like, get this nigga. Nah, yeah, yeah, nah, nah, you can't you let can't, nobody slide on that one. Absolutely, not nothing is red, man. But like, yeah. I mean, I would I would expect the same thing if I said that to somebody. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you better come back for me, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Don't just walk over, like you know what I'm saying. Somebody mm-hmm. saying that to you. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it's one right. of the things you have to like. You mm-hmm. better put like a damn be rapping on eight mile thing or something, man. Yeah, like you better. And like, I guess you could say it'll be on creeping. Mm-hmm. And I and what I will, I want to say about creeping is I feel like I don't know. I kind of like Fifty Cent was inspired by this joint. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like. We was like, look above me for low profile. So loud MCs overlook me. I slipped the bartender some raw just to tell how much cash and Don P you pull. Yeah. I should start robbing rappers in the industry. If we ain't clicking, then I'm engineering your injuries. Yes. Yes. tracks are automatics and max lyrically splat dead out to your mental mentality blacks. Like Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he was oh. in the zone on this joint. He was, man. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I think he would have. Um, yeah. Was um, of course, of course, with the bump, like just had him for hold on one second. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? While you're looking for, he actually mentioned Fifty in this joint. He said, "Who the fuck running off at their mouth? I let my nigga Fifty Cent knock that ass out." Word bomb <laughs> on yes, yes, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joint I missed. Yeah. Oh, but on the bump, he was like, um. Ow, shit, I'm just one hip nigga. Shit is off the hook when my crew was in the mixture. 
what I deliver over tracks and rivers is making your lungs collapse and quiver. It's the PPB foundation in your ass. We be the bomb like the Oklahoma blast, then outlast a few clowns, sounds, raps. Stay being the Mac like Drew Down. Ask me what I smoke, and I say, it's the, the method. method. Fuck off the hook. I leave shit disconnected. disconnected. What's the name of that town rolling up trees? Jersey, Jersey smoking, smoking on, on the Babazi. <laughs> now, in my younger days, I would flip to say DC smoking on the Babazi. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that giant fuck off the hook. I leave shit disconnected. Yeah, fuck off the hook. I leave shit disconnected. Yeah. Man, it, it's just so many on this train. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't stop there. Yeah. But I can keep going, obviously. Shit, I got a few, man. Um. So my first one comes from On Fire, the second verse, where he says, now do I look crazy, deranged, maybe you fought, sure, you shot first, your Glock burst, but it grazed me, now time for lyrics. Put up your gun and watch me get this shit popping like the West was one. Got that lyrical chicken feed for all chicken heads, crowd your rap city committee like I'm Big Les. More sicker than the Melendez brothers. You need Cochran when you're fucking with Judge Dredd. Put your fingers up if you love hash and cash. I've been that way since Ike Turner was kicking Tina ass. Hookers riding dick like I'm a motorcycle. You want to shine, bitch? Let me simonize you. I make sure your vision blurred till you don't know what occurred until I black out every nerd. Foul women get served like chicken head hors d'oeuvres. I drop your tops like heads with convertibles. Ha! If you still looking in the sky, I'm still hot. All the way live like lay side, wanna die? E, what up, son? You got this beat pumping. The way I feel, niggas, they'll leave until they up in something. Pack my Dutch like my niggas in the county. Day room, stay tuned for Don Cluminati. Up around them big butt freaks is where you find me. And then E comes in, Martini and Arasi, I Spumanti. <laughs> so, and he closed that, closes that joint out. But he gets his man on this on fire, like to me, one of my favorite joints on there. Um, my next one is definitely case closed and both of them killed it. Crossbreed and rap man on here killed it. But Reggie's first joint, my court one, my one from him is what I got on here. The first verse, he says, yo, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. This is the faux pound. The blast already sound, man. I got the post sound. Yippee. Motherfuckers hit the show down. But since we're broke now with dope sounds, so here we go. Now check the motion while I'm puffing on the potent. Those spots with urban networks with other experts. Plus this thing between my ears thinks clear. And the only thing that fears is the man upstairs. So fuck your bulletproof gear. If I decide to get your ass, better believe that it's more than a blast. More like rough paragraphs out Alcatraz and ask your staff to be grime out your ass. Everybody's Hustling with sons toting guns. We're Reggie Noble Sprungs. We stick nuns that got funds. Bomb niggas like they did in Oklahoma. Freeze, you froze. Death quad. Uh, case closed. And then Crossbreed comes in. And really, his first verse was great. But his second verse is saying, uh, he says, things ain't easy because we be struggling day to day. A bunch of stressed black men with not really much to stay. Twisting up some brown paper that we struggle just to get. With the duff, dumb, and blonde become mentally equipped. As I extend my pen to wreak havoc on paper. Execute and burn MCs with absolute with no chaser. Strongest chemical, the general with rhymes. Past record mics, I make the earth shatter like the seventh sign. My drama bringing around a new order. I'm sending a plague through your town like God of Sodom and Gomorrah. Your deacon, my vocal action got you speechless. Make gangster niggas want to go home and talk to Jesus. No man alive could bend on me, beating rappers riddly. XPD breeding rappers treat dimensional trilogy. Got no love for hoes, no respect for grimy hoes. Nuff said XPD blowing up, case closed. Like, 
Yo, Crossbreed killed it on this joint so bad. I was like, yo, how come we ain't never hear nothing else from this dude, yo? Like, it'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that sometimes, man. You get that one hit acquitted dude, he do something, and you'll never really hear much from him no more, man. But he killed it on this shit. Like, there's not many niggas I think that can get on the track with Red Man and stick with him. But most of the guests on here did a great job of being able to stick with Red. And I thought Crossbreed from being somebody on here that most people probably didn't hear from. Definitely stuck with Red on this joint. And it's just like, yo, this nigga killed it, though. And it's just like I said, that beat makes me literally want to go out and rob somebody. Like, ski mask going, Tim's and everything to go rob a nigga. Like, for real. <laughs> so, no doubt, man. But, yeah, I mean, so now that we got into, like, the lyrics and, and we've done the notable quotables and our highlights and everything now, I just kind of want to get into Red Man. And at this point, he's three albums in. He released, you know, Doc's The Name. He de- did Blackout uh, coming out in 1999. So he had some some artists on there, man. But, you know, he's a rapper now that he even still rhymes at a very, very high level. Like, you know, periodically, Jay, you'll see those videos of him doing these, like, these songs. And, you know, these joints that he's either recording in freestyles, like... There's not many rappers out there that are rapping on a level, even as long as he's been rapping for a long time as, as, as Reggie has, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and I just sort of think that that speaks to a lot. One, his dedication as an artist, because let's even looking and examining this joint. Like I would even say that, you know, uh, as good as he was on blackout and as good as he was even on docs, the name, but to me, I think like on this, like you, you talk about like, you know, rappers being at the top of their game in 96, you could say that about a lot of rappers. Some people will say that about pop, whether it was Machiavelli or all eyes on me. Some people will say that about Lauren when she was on uh, Fuji's. Some people will even say that about Pops News on Stakes is High. Definitely Andre on AT Aliens. But I would even dare to say that like, yo, he might as of this year, might have been the rap MVP as far as his rapping performance on here. I mean, that's saying a lot. Prodigy on Hell on Earth, another one that we talk about. You know, I, I just, I don't know what you think about that, but I think he was probably rapping on as high as a level as anybody else. Jay, reasonable doubt, you know? So I think he was rapping about as high as a level as anybody else to 96. So I don't know what yeah, your opinion I, I on that. I definitely agree with that. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, I just, I, the only thing I think is that there was so much material coming out in 96, it really made it hard for him to stand out, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about it. You got to think about all these other people before you got to Red Man, which yeah. is crazy, but... It's, it is. But it's, it's you know, to me, I think it sort of speaks to what the game used to be like. It was like, you couldn't come weak with no shit. Like, and we've covered a lot of albums so far. And in the 96, like, you know, we've covered so many albums. We've done Nocturnal. We've done It Was Written. We've done Stakes Is High, Reasonable Doubt, Machiavelli, All Eyes On Me, We've done the score. We've done the coming by Busta Rhymes, you know, Nocturnal, Helter Skelter, all these different albums that we've done. And there's still albums that we haven't even covered that came out in 1996. Bahamadia Collage that came out in 96. Uh, Dr. Octagon, somebody one of my listeners was telling me about who I'm not. I was never really a big fan of Cool Keith, but I, I do respect, you know, the standard he's had in the game still releasing music after all these years, you know? So some of these albums we haven't even covered. So, when we talk about something that this year was deep, it was deep. Like, I'm talking about if you have a talented basketball team, you want to talk about the Golden State Warriors, the Chicago Bulls, the Detroit Pistons. This was as deep as a year as you can think, all the way down the bench. I mean, even if everybody didn't drop a quote-unquote classic album, the album was still, on average, 
in hindsight, even afterwards, a good four mics. You know, a lot of them mm-hmm. were like in that four mic category. And even the ones that weren't quite four mics were still albums that were dope as hell. So this was a deep year. And to see that an album like this kind of get like folds around in the background because of all the other big names that are out there just shows how big of a year actually was. So shout out to 96, man. We're going to have that top 10 coming up at the end of the year for y'all, for y'all to debate. And that may be one of the most hotly contested debates on this show (laughs) up to date. So now we're going to get to the final verdict, Jay, the test, the final test to see what we think. Is it a certified classic, a borderline classic, a classic just in this time, or not a classic at all? On a rating from seven to ten. So what say you? Um, I mean, shouldn't be no surprise. I say classic. I'm going ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Yep. Certified classic for me as well. Ten out of ten and out of ten. And I mean, like, seriously, this is an album still in rotation, like Jay said. Still in rotation for me. It's like when I turned this on this week, just I didn't even really need a refresher. Because I knew it's like literally I'm going through this album and I'm sitting there reciting these lyrics like I knew them in the back of my mind because this was like I probably played this album probably like a hundred times between the first the end of this year, uh, the end of 96 to the middle of 1997. I was still pumping this well into 1997 and even years after that, man, to me, I think this is his best album. But and I think I don't think it's even close. I think that even with what the album and there is a dark side and docks the name. I think this is number one. I think it's number one by a rather wide margin. And that's Mm -hmm. saying something considering that he has a pretty good catalog and considering what people think about those albums that I just named as well. But Red Van, one of the most consistent MCs over the last 30 years. And um, we got another one coming up to review of his next year. Next year will be the 30th anniversary of his debut album, which is what the album coming out in 1992. So y'all make sure y'all look out for that. And also look out for Muddy Waters by Redman turning 25 years old this week, man. Make sure y'all go check it out. Read what you read up on it as well. And Redman has been teasing us for a few years now saying that Muddy Waters 2 was coming out. But he's been saying that since like 2009. So <laughs> we'll know if we actually get that. So we'll keep a look on for that. But I wouldn't keep my hand, my fingers crossed for that. Like I wouldn't keep my fingers crossed for detox like we did for so many years. So exactly. let's not go ahead and even do that. But appreciate Muddy Waters for what it was and that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault please make sure you are checking us out on our host on red circle y'all also make sure y'all visit us on the new vault classic music reviews podcast website vaultclassicpod.com once again that's vaultclassicpod.com it's our new website go check out all of our episodes our entire catalog is available on the website go on episode pages you can also go there as well and leave a review you can get to any one of our streaming sources on that site as well as all of our social media pages and guess what on vaultclassicpod.com you have the ability to leave us a voice message if you go on vaultclassicpod.com on the page You can go and click the blue microphone listed right there. Click on that. It'll give you the ability to leave us a voicemail message. Yo, let us know what you think about the episodes. Let us know what you think about the show overall. You want to show us some love. You can leave a voice message for any of that. And if your message is dope enough, we'll make sure to play it on the air and especially with some of our promo material. So go ahead and show us some love and let us know what you think about the episodes. Let us know what you're thinking. Interact with us. Of course, we do it here all for you. And a reminder for our social media pages, we've actually changed our handle on Instagram. It's now Vault Classic Pod on Instagram. We're still on Twitter at Vault Classic. And make sure you go on Facebook and YouTube, the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast. Like and also subscribe on the YouTube page. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. 
Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.